This is a podcast from Minute Media. against the Raiders two of the greatest kicks that I've ever seen in my life here comes one of greater importance if he makes it and it's right down the pipe Adam Vinatieri no time on the clock and the Patriots have- okay that just ended in the middle of nothing uh, in the middle of the clip so that's great anyway it's the Malcolm Go podcast it is February 9th, 2022. With us today, with the boys today, is Mike Dussault of Patriots.com, content creator, uh, friend of the show. I've been following him for a long time. Uh, he was with Pat's Propaganda. Well, you that was you, right? That was you from way back when. And now, you, yeah. now you're doing uh, content creation for the Patriots themselves, man. How do you make that transition? <laughs> oh, well, it's a long story. How long's the podcast? <laughs> as long as you want. Uh, I mean, the, the, the short of it, I can give you the short of the top. I So I you know grew up around here in Boston and um, Patriots stunk when I was a kid. I moved to L.A. after I graduated college um, and was in L.A. for 18 years, worked in television out there wow. and kind of on the side. Uh, you know, when the Patriots, I guess, when you know, they started winning Super Bowls, I was like, oh, crap, you know, I move away get good um and you know it was kind of the internet was starting message boards all that stuff so i kind of started out on patsfans.com and you know really getting into talking football with people and, and i really wanted to learn more about the game that was a big part of kind of driving to to write and and wanting to you know blog about so i mean i started writing for like bleacher report and i mean the first blog i had was this guy it was a craigslist ad that was like hey do you want to oh, write about your favorite sports team and make money <laughs> You get, like, paid sure. in, you get paid in roses. Remember they used to pay, yeah. you had to pay hookers in roses. I mean, I mean, so it was NewEnglandPatriotsNews.com, and the guy was—I mean, the guy was probably ahead of his time. He had like a whole social network where he kind of like bought out every NFL team news.com and almost had it like a Facebook where you know you write about your team. And so I, I probably made about a grand total of like six cents off of that. Doing better than, <laughs> um, doing better than uh, us on fansite.com yeah, right. on, on musket fire. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, so I wrote for Pat's Pulpit for a little bit. Yeah. And so, you know, I was doing a lot of the free writing. And uh, at a certain point, I just said, hey, you know, I just want to write when I want what I want about the Patriots. And um, and that kind of started as a Tumblr blog. And then it became a website, Pat's Propaganda, which was then really just full writing. Um, and that set the stage for, um, you know, getting the job when I moved back here in uh, in 2017. And so I was back for a couple of years freelancing around here. And uh, and yeah, was was saw Andy Hart was leaving emailed Fred Kirsch right away uh, and you know long story I guess the long story kind of that's like kind of the, the short version I mean there are yeah. you know many side stories among there of t-shirts and yeah I uh, remember Bill the, the, Belichick you, hoodies and all that stuff <laughs> yeah you invented the 28 to 3 t-shirt right you're the inventor and like Portnoy had to buy it from you right uh, yeah, well, I, I guess I mean I guess I said I, I say I was the first person to put the scoreboard on a T-shirt. Um, that was I don't know I guess like inventor. I was like I don't know I just grabbed the the scoreboard. But um, yeah. but yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Um, I, it really didn't blow up to my friend Nick Fitzy Stevens wore it on Instagram, and then it I mean it blew oh, yeah. up so much it, it crashed my website. Um, and it was right around <laughs> the time I was moving back here, so it kind of worked out well. I was able to have now you're a T-shirt um, millionaire. You know, uh, you know, <laughs> somebody I saw somebody on Twitter was like, I wonder how much Mike Dussault made off of that T-shirt. And I was like ready 
to send him a screenshot of my PayPal account because I think it was about like eight bucks at the time. But like yeah. that, whatever it was, that's what's left. <laughs> it's, it's like the, it's it's the same guy that like he invented the Patriots, you know, the Patch Patriots logo, or maybe it was the Celtics logo. It was like a friend of the owner, and he just gave it to him for like three cents, and then they just they just oh. package it and stick it on everything and make millions off yeah. the logo. That's true. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. so what you're doing now is like you're doing a lot. Are you are you in charge of the Pat's Time Machine Twitter account? Uh, no, that's um that, that's done by Neil Perry, who's part of our department. And um, yeah, he did a, a great job. I mean, obviously, the 20 year thing um, for, for the first championship was a big deal. And we were yeah. looking for, you know, just different ways to approach it. And, um, you know, my project was part of that as well. So um, but Neil did an awesome job. Uh, having the Twitter account and, and going through highlights, really digging up a lot of videos that, um, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen pretty much everything that's ever, you know, been produced as oh, far yeah. as the Super Bowls videos like I have. And, you know, when you find something new, um, it's pretty cool, you know? And so Neil dug up a lot of stuff. So yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. It's awesome. It the regular season games, which were like, I didn't remember hardly any of those. I was like 11. Yeah. It's hard to remember. I mean, I was a bit older. I was, I was 16 at the time, but yeah, you watch, you watch back. You forget a lot of the stuff like the Buffalo bill. Um, I got, I always said, I forget the fum that somebody was fumbled, but had their arm out of bounds. I can't even remember I'm, who it was. Yeah. Yeah. And got knocked out. Yeah. He was remember out, all he was the crazy, yeah. The crazy, uh, things that led to the Patriots even making the playoffs or, or having the home game against the Raiders. So many things that, you know, it's just fun to look back and now it's just going to be, like every year is going to be the twenty year anniversary of something. Now, anytime you get to see a player, I know that's my out. job, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's a joke. It's like every every year is going to be an anniversary or something. But yeah, I was fine. <laughs> I mean, my project I did, which um, you know, it was a two thousand one Super Bowl sound odyssey, which yeah. you know, collecting a lot of the sounds. But but you're right. I mean, that's that season was just there was just so much crazy stuff that happened. Like you couldn't write it between. Know, the coach Dick Rabine passing away. I mean, you know, some years I think a coach passing away in training camp would be the biggest story that there was. Um, yeah. And it's it's unfortunate. You know, it's almost buried between then Bledsoe and nine um, eleven and oh yeah, um, you know, just, just, just oh yeah the game. I mean, like oh my god, that happened. It's just how it all came together. So it was pretty cool. I got an opportunity to talk to a lot of you know people who were there. So I mean, you know, me coming from like a blogger, and now here I am talking to like Scott Pioli and asking them about how they put the team together and what the philosophy was. So it was uh, Mike Vrabel. That was another one I got to interview, which was like, you know, Amazing. surreal. Yeah. How which, was he? You know, was he, he pretty intense? He didn't remember anything. Like, it was so funny. Like, he was just like, I don't know. Was he like, smoking some I cigarettes the whole time? I was, uh, <laughs> I was in awe of him once. So I had, a, uh, you know, my cousin was very close friends with Lonnie Paxton, and we used to get in the um, – play beanbags after the game and a, a lot yeah. during those years that a lot of the players would come out and hang out and Mike Vray I remember till the day I died because I was so enamored like Mike Vrabel was a superstar it was like a playoff game he had like three sacks he came out they blew out somebody it was cold and he just non-stop smoked cigarettes I was like I can't believe this guy is a real <laughs> person like he just I can't walk downstairs and I don't smoke and he's he just played an NFL game is ripping him uh, it's a lesson geez. to all you kids out there. Legendary. Start smoking early and often. <laughs> yeah, young. Straight, strengthen lungs. your lungs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think John Daly proved that. That's right. Yeah. So you. you that's do. funny. You so you talked to Scott Fioli, and I just put something in my mind because what's been annoying me lately, and I've said it on this podcast a million times, and nobody listens to me because I just ramble into a microphone with no listeners. But it's a. Um, <laughs> it's mostly that I get annoyed that. First of all, there's no compensation, and number two, that you can't develop coaches or uh, front front office personnel anymore because, especially with the Patriots and any success you have, somebody's just going to come and take them immediately. Like the way that Gerard Mayo is getting head coaching interviews now, um, you know, not so much McDaniel's anymore, but McDaniel's when he was young, um, Joe Judge, for instance, or, and this no um, Ziggler leaving. So it's just like it's. Uh, I was wondering if. You know, you would think that Pioli or Dimitrov or any of those guys, I don't even know how you say his name, I guess it's Dimitrov, would like, they would pull him back in or could even try and get them to come back if they were even interested. It seems like Pioli's kind of out of the game these days, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's making the rounds in the media, I think. Yeah, um, it looks like I, that. It seems I'm like just... he's enjoying it, but uh, I mean, you know, I think, I mean, I definitely think you're right. There's been a lot of guys that have left and, um, you know, as much as Joe Judge, you know, that's not really getting anybody excited, unfortunately. I mean, I think anytime, you know, coaches leave here and then they go somewhere and then they fail, yeah. 
never really at the height of the, you know, nobody's excited to have a failed coach come back. But I mean, obviously it worked for Josh. And I mean, I think with the amount of guys that they've had leave, they needed to bring a guy like Judge back. So yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's why everybody's talking about Billy O too, is, you know, somebody who knows mm -hmm. the system, um, you know, can come in and, and, you know, just enable it to, you know, I know Belichick likes a small staff and, you know, it's yeah. like, all right, well, how small is it going to get? You know, and right now it feels kind of like it's him and his family. It's like his Thanksgiving you know, dinner. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, I mean, it's almost, I was reading someone today said um, that it might make sense for Bill O'Brien to come back to be the offensive coordinator. And if he gets a head coaching job next year, Joe Judge kind of steps into his spot. And that's Joe Judge mm -hmm. is coming back as an offensive assistant. I mean, I know he coached the wide receivers in the worst wide receiver season they've had in like 30 <laughs> years but like so i don't know that's not a great start but but there's plenty of these all these coordinators who become head coaches at the time they're all the best coordinators in the league that's why they get promoted so a failed head coach doesn't mean they're not still an excellent coordinator yeah. they still want as yeah. many ex-head coaches as you can get on a staff yeah like i mean brian flores is a great defensive coordinator he's also a good head coach and he's Probably never going to get a job again, it seems like, right now. I would bring him back in a second, but I, now I don't yeah. know. It's absolutely crazy. What do you I, make of that, Mike? He doesn't get a job. Oh, That's absolutely. a wild situation. I mean, I mean it's, it's, you know, credit to him for, for standing up. And, I mean, obviously, he, had a, he put a lot on the line to do it. So, uh, I think everybody, when you just talked to Patriot fans, every Patriot fan, I think, was thrilled to have Brian Flores leave. And now you see the guy that they brought in, and you're like, oh, geez, some nerd's coming in. Like, all right, let's go. <laughs> you know, some guy, home, I don't know. We just lost, what, three straight or whatever it yeah. was, three out of four of them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a good point. It's, it's uh, you know, it, it, when a head coach gets fired, they kind of become a punchline and a laughing stock. And we saw it with Matty P. We saw it with Josh when, you know, he yeah. was into Denver. And, you know, so like like your point was, yeah, they they are good coaches. I, I don't know how it's all going to flush out. I mean, I think they're still kind of putting it all together. Uh, I still wouldn't rule Billy O uh, coming back, um, but yeah. we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think they they definitely need to add some coaches. And, uh, you know, it seems that the Ivan Fears is probably going to retire. So, I mean, they exactly. got they got they got to figure out some stuff. Yeah, yeah like nobody left. I mean, yeah, like I, there's just no development anymore. I mean, everyone's looking for the next McVay. Um, there's like it feels like half the coaches now are younger than me. I'm 36 and everyone's looking for the next McVeigh. Is McVeigh the new guy from uh I mean Cincinnati, both of them are 36. Now the the kid from Miami is young. Um I don't know, there's other ones, but I mean everyone's trying That's to look a for the weird guy. Hire. Everyone they can have for 50, 60 years like have John Wooden as the head coach. What's crazy <laughs> is McVeigh has a coaching tree now. And he's like 33. Yeah, they're because all successful. Like, yeah. And they're How in the they're playing each other in the Super Bowl. Yeah. It did, was he from the McVay? He was, wasn't he? I think. Yeah, he was. I mean, it's like Shanahan. They're all kind of Shanahan like. Yes, yeah, so they mean, start with Shanahan in Washington, right? Green Bay. Yeah, Lafleur again. Yeah, all of them. They're all like 35 to 40, and Belichick's 88 years old, still doing it. <laughs> Him and his kids. They they eat Fruit Loops in the morning, and then they just show up and practice. <laughs> Bring in an ex play, bring in an ex player from 1999 to be the coach of your defensive line and figure it out by yourselves. I don't know. I don't know how much more energy he could possibly have. Like I, I originally thought Josh was going to be the coach in waiting, and that seemed like he was probably being paid that way. Um, so now I don't even know where you go. There's no second option. Like if if Bill decides to retire in the next year or two, I don't even know who you who you well, would hire. Flores would be my only guess. They have. Like, well, they have Sean Patricia. Yeah, Sean Patricia. Yeah, love they, it. He's a good. He's a, he has a good movie career. I watched that. I watched that movie the other <laughs> oh, day. No, I don't, don't want to talk about you it. Liked but it. I did. <laughs> I. It was. I didn't. I was drunk. Number one. And my wife put it on because she said it was good, and I didn't know what it was. And I was like, oh, this is the meme movie that everyone was making fun of, and it really was just uh, Kevin James as the coach of the Little Giants. So I was like, <laughs> it's basically the movie. It was a kids movie. I don't know why it was. I don't At know. work was trying to convince me it was good today. He's a no, it really is. I he was, didn't think it was I terrible. I mean, it was a kids movie. Like if you didn't, if the joke wasn't that he was Sean Payton, then it would have been completely fine. It was literally the Little Giants. <laughs> well, it had to be better than Draft Day, which is arguably the oh, worst. That's what I'm talking, yeah. <laughs> Missed that one. That is one of the worst hey. movies oh. I've ever seen in my life. I've established on this podcast oh that I am not a Kevin Costner guy. I mean, that's just ridiculous. No. So bad. No, like, I won't, you probably I won't watch it. it it'll make you angry. It'll it make really you mad. It's so bad. You start watching it, and then you can't turn it off of how bad it is. What is what's wrong with it? Is it they're making bad draft picks? Is it, or they're just, it's the Cleveland Browns, right? It's not a true story. It's just stupidity. Yeah. The, the ultimate like, draft cliche, every, every draft cliche yeah. 
you know, like every cliche you can imagine, that. Yeah. yeah. Now I want to watch it. Going to draft Nikhil Harry 32 times in a row. The player who's going to slip because he's <laughs> bat. They treat, they treat draft day like they won, like, you know, World War II. Yeah. And that's how the Dramatic <laughs> they put behind it. Now I kind of want to see it. Um, so, yeah, I guess. So, um, let's get into the last season. So, I, I was just thinking about Mac doing the gritty the other day. What, what did you see out of Mac? How'd you like his development through the season? What do you expect from him coming, coming soon? Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was excited. You know I mean? Obviously that was the big question last year. And I think everything we talk about with Mac, you got to look at where you were standing a year ago right now, which was, you had nothing, you know, you had no idea. I mean, at best you're going back to Cam Newton. So, um, you know, I don't really jump into college until now. Um, and so I came into Mac Kind of like at first, like, all right, who's this Alabama throwing a superstar guy? But yeah. I, I saw what, you know, they liked in him, and I think it translated into the game. I was excited that he was able to win the job. I mean, you know, we watched a camp. I mean, he was, I think that Giants, pre, you know, that week when, when Cam was out, um, he, Mac, he just, he took advantage of it. And, I mean, you could tell that they that, that they liked him and, and that, you know, I think he definitely had some issues. I mean, I I thought his progression was good. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's hard now looking at retrospect retrospectives and not you know feeling about how the season ended and yeah right you know everything just kind of like you start thinking about how that and it's like woof you know how did you feel after they beat buffalo and you know we threw a few passes so i mean overall right now i feel like got an a rookie quarterback who came in and gave you average quarterback average nfl quarterback play which i mean is a compliment you know like yeah, right. came in and would yep right there up. in the mix like, of it didn't really take a game over and like wow we can't stop them so that's awesome i mean you know hey you got him on a rookie contract. Basically. That's where you start. Four years. He's going to get better with these guys. You got all these free agents they signed. They're multi-year deals. So, you know, everybody wants to talk about Jonu and all that. Like, all right, fine. Maybe they pay too much. But they're going to have some time to work with him and and everybody. You know, Aguilar, too. I know he gets he gets some crap. But uh, so, you know, I, but I think Max got to develop. I mean, you can't. I got to look at it through the context of we got to be Buffalo. We got to be Joe Burrow. You got to get through Mahomes. I mean, these are, if you're realistically Dash, thinking no. like Patriots back to contenders, that those are the teams you got to really compete and beat. And, you know, they're not there yet, but I think they can get there. But it's, you know, it's another really interesting offseason that I think they have to, they got to crush it, especially yeah. on defense. Defense, especially. I mean, I've it's got so funny. One. It's, yeah, go ahead, KP. Let me go. So, who was your biggest? You mentioned the free agents. Who was the biggest one? The biggest signing? The be- the best one from this yeah, year that we year. got. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In your opinion? Oh, I mean, uh, I mean, I think Connor Henry was was what you needed to give you a baseline. Yes. Like, you're you good, know, you're a good man. He didn't have any production man. from tight end, from the tight end position. You know, um, Judon on the other side, you know, flamed out a little bit, but I think yeah. you really needed that guy too. Um, yeah. I'm gonna choose to remain optimistic on him. But those two guys stood out. And I thought, you know, Bourne had was up and down a little bit early, but I think he gave them some some plays. Um, so, you know, it was a good class. I think you had to know you, you, know you were going to miss on some guys. I think Mills was a little bit underrated um, as well. But, you know, they had to get, they had to go get those guys. And, and that gave them, like I said, like an average offense. So there you go. Now you got to you got to yeah. you got to get better. I there. think. Yeah, exactly. I think John underwhelmed where I think Bourne was an afterthought that was much better than anybody expected he was going to be. Trent I, Brown, yeah. another one who was Trent Brown, right? So I mean, these guys. Yeah, I thought. Wanna... God, what about Godshaw, man? That guy's just a friggin' tank, a, a Tonka truck. No, they. I mean, and, and, you know, it's I, he. He was like to me. I need like more from those guys. Like I loved Barmore, but like I just I think big questions on defense and you know what what mm-hmm. what direction they going with like. Van Noy and, and Hightower and yeah. you know they got a lot all those guys are they going to come back I mean it all starts with JC Jackson this offseason but you know, even if you figure out a way to bring JC Jackson back I feel like you need another man corner so um you know the rebuild the rebuild continues yeah right it's kind of I mean the defense kept them afloat for the whole season well did not the whole season I mean the offense played its way its part and then the defense kind of took over middle middle of the season there and then it just obviously blew apart in the playoffs but yeah they just didn't have like like, like any, 2019 you know yeah exactly the same it's just the you know they, just they didn't have the big playmakers out. when they needed them and right. then you know a lot of the old dogs are just kind of that's it that might have been their last legs i mean i don't i love hightower and i i wouldn't mind bringing them back cheaply for just leadership purposes but i don't know i mean if they didn't bring them back i wouldn't I, you know i wouldn't bat an eye i mean in real realistically yeah. their defense has to be rebuilt in the uh, 
I would say linebacker level number one. Yeah, and then put a playmaker next to Duggar who can also hit in this cast. I would love to see. And Adrian Phillips. I mean, they can be just they're they've built they're kind of you know, where in like two thousand eighteen when they won the Super Bowl, they were you know, they were still big and heavy and they were running through teams like this, you know, running through the the mm-hmm. smaller linebacker teams. Now now they're trying to or I guess it looks like they're trying to, or everybody wants them to transition to that type of offense. I mean, defense almost, you know what I mean? Like speed at linebacker, but I don't know if Belichick would ever do that. You know what I mean? You'd... The, the NFL's just changed too much, especially on offense. They're too fast, man. They you can't all really play defense anymore. West Coast crap. No, you can't. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, 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 it's tough. I mean, I, it, I feel like you're kind of victims of the moment, too, when you look at how they mm-hmm. lost to Buffalo and then you immediately go to the draft and you say, what guy would have helped us in the draft and then try to select him as if he's going to, like, come in. Um, I know they want to be true to who, they, who they've been with the big linebackers and, and, I mean, the big linebackers and the big safeties. I, I just think, I think they need to, you know, find some second-level speed, and that, I think, is one of the biggest problems. But... Yeah. Uh, also, too, guys up front get get Barmore some help. Get another disruptive body up front to to take some heat off of those linebackers and and let them have some space to make plays. Ted um, Washington or some or uh, yeah, like yeah. I know the big, the big the fatty Jordan Davis from Georgia too yeah. coming out. But, you know, yeah, he's right in the like Patriots that. range. He's like a, just a giant. You know, mountain of a that's an understatement. Like, what's he do for you against Mahomes? Like, what's he do for you against Josh Allen? Like, yeah, I get it. I don't know. It's like, mm, can't run up the middle. That's probably about it. Tough balancing act. It's a tough balancing act. And (laughs) yeah, so a lot of old guys, McCordy and everything up. Yeah, I mean, I think McCordy's still playing at a pretty high level. If he wanted to continue, I wouldn't. The free safety, sure. Yeah. Yeah. He would be the guy that I would keep out of their whole like free agent class. Besides Nick Folk, who I think is a Hall of Famer now, all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he hasn't Love missed Mr. a Nick kick Folk. since 1998. Um, he goes unbelievable. Yeah, he's the best. So, have you been doing any scouting in the college on the college ranks these days? What, what do you? Um, I there's guess one, we, there's one good name we're looking for here. There's one name, <laughs> Mike, coughing. that really matters. Oh, is it, I mean, is it Jameson Williams? <laughs> no, I, I mean, no, no, I think no. anybody Trey from Longer. Alabama or Ohio State receivers, they like those guys look pretty good so far. Um, that's all no, I don't. I, at, yeah. No, he, Trey Lombergs, that's the one. That's the only yeah, one you need to look at. I've seen from Arkansas. All right, so I'm in the receiver now. So Nikhil Harry doesn't scare you off of him at all. You, you, you're exactly okay. With him. okay so, all right, big so, so a little bit about me. I'm a diehard Arkansas fan. So. <laughs> Uh, I've see. seen him in person. I've been watching him since he was in high school. That man is a freak. He's a freak <laughs> athlete. That's what he is. A freak athlete. Yeah, but I mean, he get I open quick. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the yeah. thing that Mac needs to to continue to get better is someone that can get open instantly, like a Julian Edelman type that can get open just in an instant. Um, and like yeah. I think maybe like I would like know, to. Like you do the Burrow, like Burrow and Chase. They already had the connection. Go get one of those dudes he's throwing it to. Mechie. Yeah, I mean, just look at the teams that are left in the playoffs. I mean, you need yeah. a dude, you know? They need yeah. a dude at receiver. Dude. I mean, they, could, they did it when it was Edelman and Gronk, and I think together those guys equaled a dude, and, and they could kind of build around it. But you need a dude. I mean, that's why, you know, it's like with the Alabama guys, if you're willing to take a, a year, you know, with the ACLs that, that they're going to need. So – I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm not usually a big weapons guy, but I just think you look at what the NFL yeah. is right now. And, and you also got to help a guy. You got to help your guys develop. I mean, they also had people always they don't say number one because number one is like the guy that you're going to pay 20 million. Where You know what I mean? Like, Randy but Mom. then <laughs> then they have the uh, conversation the other day. Um, the guy that used to used to work in Boston. Yeah. Asked if if Odell Beckham was close to signing with the Patriots and he said he was very, very close to signing with the Patriots. So, you know, Belichick is looking to add that, or I don't know if Odell's lying, but who knows? I mean, I don't think he's lying. I just don't think that it was really that close. Cause he, he said, right. well, how three, close were you? Because yeah, yeah, what's like, up, well, yeah if Tom Brady was there, I would have gone, but I, I was, I was close. <laughs> how close were you? Were you about to sign? A, no, I, well, I was going to where they, I was going to win a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, yeah. I was close enough to, if it was three years ago, I would have said maybe. Right. <laughs> right. Well, they reached out I'm, to me and I was like, eh, no, sorry. Out of spite, the, though, you know. Pats were probably the one seed at that time. I think they might have been. At least close. So probably around there when they were at – but, yeah, I didn't think – But Matt, Odell would have been that guy who can get open, like, quick in an instant and run those quick whip routes and, and just be open. Yep. Uh, they need to find someone like that. 
Um, I don't think you necessarily need like uh, Jamar Chase, a guy that's just on the outside and dominates, but um, you know, <laughs> someone good. like no, Dion Branch. No, it's a good. I love Dion Branch. I love that comp, and that's one I've I've used myself. Um, you know, I think it's just a question of do you want one of those guys in the low first round, or do you just want one of those pure slot receiver types um, that are super quick? I mean, um, you know, I mean, I, I literally I'm like three days into the draft. I'm like yeah. I'm talking about these guys. Like I just discovered them. People are like, oh yeah, we. Are. But you know, it's like <laughs> there's this kid at UCLA that I'm I don't remember his name right now, but I'm like it's like a little Wes Welker, you know, and you probably oh. get him in like the fifth sixth round, like. You know, so I, I mean, those guys are fine. I just think, as much as you can always find those Wes Welker types, you need a guy like who is dominate. a professional receiver. There's just so much of like on the Patriots where, whoa, he's a former cornerback. And you're like, well, can we just get like an SEC <laughs> wide receiver yeah, who knows exactly. how to run routes and is really, really athletic? <laughs> like, I can't you know, tell you about I don't the, the amount like... of times I've complained on this podcast or just to my wall that Gunnar Olszewski is like wasting a spot on the roster being, you know, returning kicks <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they'll put in a kale Harry back there for no reason, but then oh. Gunnar's there and he'll return kicks and doesn't uh, avoid anybody. And I'm like, this guy was a cornerback slash safety at a school that <laughs> nobody knows where it is or if it even exists. And you're like, can you just, I mean, and then you look down like Tom Brady had 17 receivers, like Antonio Brown got traded. And then all of a sudden there's another guy up. That's like almost as good. And then it, that guy gets hurt. And then they got another guy that's almost as good. And I'm just like, how do they have eight receivers? And we have three and one of them is fully on special teams. Doesn't do anything else. I didn't yeah. understand. They had he three receivers that. and all they do is special teams. And they screw up. It's at funny it. though because it's a great tie-in because we, um, you know, the guys that I do the show with, we, I mean, we do, we like walk, get to watch all the practices. So we're, I mean, we're all watching him, like he, because he's so quick. Like, I mean, he looks like a little Welker or Edelman out there when he runs. He just can't freaking catch. Like, and you get so frustrated because of everybody that's shaking people and getting open. Nobody, like, he's as good as any of those guys as Myers mm -hmm. or you know, he's as quick and, but ball, it's just he gets wide open and. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because I mean, all right, Mike. The, sh the shoulder pads to me look like he's in Pop Warner, so that bugs me too. <laughs> right off the jump. And at what point do they do they view like the like catching in the NFL, like shooting in the NBA? Like as your career <laughs> goes on, like you catch a thousand balls a day. Like eventually, are you just going to be really good? Do they just assume like that's going to develop? Like it feels like a skill I mean, you should be able yeah. to develop. Your hands, I don't know. You got to be able to catch number one, and you have to be able to get open. <laughs> And if you can't do both of them, you shouldn't be in the NFL. Um, Edelman. You got me. I got one, Tony. Hold on. You, I got a tie-in. You, you went to all the practices, so I assume you're there in the preseason. This is going to make Tony very irritated. How good was Nikhil Harry in the preseason? <laughs> no, I, they finally – they, they finally no, – I, I mean, <laughs> I – I, I love – I mean, he looks like a horse. Like, you look at the guy walking onto the football field, and you're like, this oh guy is God. a monster. Um, but, you know, he just – he doesn't win contested catches. He doesn't really have any run after catch. He doesn't play like a big guy. He gets beat to the, the spot. I mean, I, I, I really, really want him to do – like, you know, I was all about the blocking and everything. Yeah. But, oh, man, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating. Uh, I mean, and, and I mean, I, I started 2019. So, I mean, when I started this, I've seen, like, every training cramp practice. Oh, no. Played yeah. or not played. <laughs> Um, and he's just one of those guys that drives you nuts. It's a lot of like, you know, the first practice, it was a lot of like going to the ground, getting up and like walk over to the trainer. Like, yeah. what's oh. he doing? Like, you know, come on, get back in there, dude. You know, so it was, uh, you know, little, little bright spots with the downfield catches here and there. I mean, honestly, I think like getting that touchdown call back against Kansas City is rookie year. Like, what could have been? It is life. The rest yeah, it was, <laughs> his career completely. <laughs> I was, yeah, I mean, we were, well, I was strictly a Nikhil Harry believer. Um, you know, I just yeah. thought they had a bad luck to start. I thought, you know, he got injured season one. And then he quit. And then, you know, and then he gets Cam Newton his second year. Um, yeah. No, and that's then, fair. That's fair. You're right. You're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. And that's part of the reason I was excited to see him play with Mac or just at yeah. least, you know, a, a fairly competent quarterback, I guess. You know, it was, yeah. but it looked, it looked the same. Did and then then I was like oh, again I was just like you I was like all right you know Bill Belichick is zigging while everyone else is zagging he he's he's zigging into right he he drafted the best <laughs> blocking wide receiver of all time in the first round and I was like all right this is fine this is where we're gonna go and then yeah. they sat him down for uh, a week 
and uh, Wilkerson came in, scored two touchdowns, and the running game still went for like 250. And I was like, maybe it just doesn't matter. I don't know. <laughs> it didn't help that he we'll asked to be traded on the internet. I was like, that's like, ah, no. like a week before <laughs> the season. Yeah. To where? The CFL? Hey. Do they ask oh. you, like, so when you do, like, when you write, do they, do they tell you because now you work for the team, like, that you're not allowed to be like too much of a fan, like you have to be someone. Who, or do they just like, yeah, we like Alex, what you do, just go for it. Yeah, no, it was pretty cool. I mean, you know, I when I was blogging on Pat's Propaganda, I had to, I kind of just set a writing schedule for myself of just the things I wanted to write, like what I what I wanted to do. This is I want to write these three pieces basically. Um, and the crazy thing was like I got to to the to this job and they were like, yeah, just write it, write what you want to write. Like, write. Like they didn't like I was like, really? Like I'm like about to hit publish here for patriots.com. Are you guys like everybody's okay with you? So it was pretty cool. I was surprised. I was I mean, I was worried too, because I mean, you guys I've probably gathered, but you know, I mean Belichick and Bears and everybody that you know run the operation down there, they, you know, like to keep a tight ship and want it to be run. And we're in a weird spot because you know, the team kind of sees this as media, but the media kind of sees this as part of the team. So we're in this weird, you know, nether area. Um, but luckily, I mean, my site was called Pat's Propaganda. So yeah. <laughs> it over pretty well with, um, you know, but, but I mean, I think ultimately my, like my point of view kind of were writing, writing for the fans and like an everyday fan who wants to root for their team and not, you know, hear about why they suck or, you know, yeah. and, and reasonable football analysis, try to, you know, like I said, when I started, I um, you know I played a little high school football, but I, I wanted to understand brag, the game. On but, the, I mean, on don't the brag on the, on the podcast. <laughs> but believe me, I was the worst <laughs> high school football player. I don't. That's a whole nother story. I, I'm gonna. I'll tell it. I'll give it quick because it's too good to share. Um, I went to prep school. I transferred to prep school. I was, a, I was a I was a hockey player. I was good at hockey. I would brag about playing hockey. Football is terrible, but I played. I played like in my old school. I was like freshman. Played linebacker. Loved it. Quit to play hockey. Went, anyway, ended up at prep school. Like a week into school, the football coach comes. He's like, "Hey, we don't have enough guys. <laughs> like, we can come out and play." Always and I'm like, a good sign. Oh. You know, I'm like, "Oh, I'm getting like, I'm getting recruited. Like, you know, like, oh, they need me. You know, like, I'm coming in." So I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I played fullback a little bit. You know, you're like a middle linebacker. I'm like, I'm I'm in. And like, yeah, we need like tackles. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm still about the same size. I'm about I don't know, five eleven, six feet, 195 pounds or so." I came into the season. I missed all the double sessions. I think my first day was like a scrimmage against Deerfield. You know, no idea what I'm doing. So a week later, we play our first game, like the following Saturday. Okay, played tackle both ways. Every special team. I did not leave the field. We got blown <laughs> off the field. <laughs> like I, mean, I never wanted anything to be over so much in my life than that game. And at the kid, like the kid, was like a professional offensive tackle across from me, just kicking my ass the whole game long. Thank God they put their JVs in. The second half, but that's how bad I was. Yeah, my brother played at a prep school, and I was like, this – well, I went to public school on the North Shore, which is garbage. I was a – like you, I was a 160-pound center, and uh, we won three games or four games my entire high school career. But my brother went to prep school in New Hampshire, and uh, he was on a team, and he was okay. He played with them, but there was, like, literally kids that went and played – Division one football the next year and started for like Virginia in uh, Maryland. And I was like, these guys, uh, I don't even know if you know the name, but he was like a very, he was like a top 10 recruit in the country. Um, his name was Jim Eunice and he played for Gloucester and he was a, um, like, like a tight end, like a Gronkowski before Gronkowski he was six, six ran like a deer was a unstoppable force. He was the DN tight end, which is like what they always are. He was the, like a top five recruit got recruited to BC he thought, well, that's where he was going. Won the high school Heisman for the state uh, or for the country. And I, uh, they ran like three plays in Gloucester, and it was a trap play. And I came in, because I'm playing defensive tackle, as a 160-pound person would. So I came through, and I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to sack the quarterback. And uh, nope, I'm being trapped. And Jim Eunice comes and threw me off the football field. Literally just <laughs> yard I'm, – I'm talking – Double-digit yards I was in the air. At least 11 yards he put me. And I was like, this is just not for me. I'm going to go back to <laughs> talking on a microphone. Oh, so, yeah. a, lot more, a lot more fun. A lot more easy. Yeah. I, like, we, I'm like, we cosplay football. <laughs> yeah, it was cosplay. Mm -hmm. My entire team was cosplay. Um, so, yeah, exactly. I, so, what do, you, what, do you, what do you see next year? I mean, in terms of what they need to get better, this team, the Patriots, because I know that a lot of it seemed like the defense collapse at the end was 
everyone yeah. has in their mind, but that wasn't the problem the whole year, right? I mean, the offense was, you know, struggled a little bit. I mean, now they're going to be losing. It's I mean, a good question. I've been wondering this. I've been pondering this. I, I mean, I'll throw this out here to, like to the group. Like what, before I get, talk about next year, just because this is what I can't quite wrap my head around. Like, have you ever seen a team that just throttles lesser opponents but can't compete against opponents like I, I just have never seen a team that was had that much disparity and that like that and that's the element that's bugging me and i'm like how do you get rid of that um it reminds me a little bit of like oh nine and that like vibe but just like yeah. this, this team chemistry feels off but i did feel like this was a good team this year like i liked a lot of it like kendrick Bourne, trent brown Adrian phillips i mean awesome guys like you know just good locker room guys but like this was bugging me and going back to 2019 too where it's just like man they just they, they they're they losing it at the end of the year all everything that you kind of think about the patriots of like getting better hey we're, oh, we're figuring out what we do best we're gonna deploy our guys in the like this is our game plan this is how we play like it's like not working now so i i don't know what that has to be to be fixed um but i think that's a big component of this offseason is like how do you get over that like what is it i don't know I really think another they, odd one is how bad they were at home. That I know they played the better. They had a hard, tough home schedule, but that that's just not Patriot. Yeah, right? winning on the road and losing at home is opposite of what like 2009 was. They they couldn't win on the road. Yep. They were just getting embarrassed by teams, and then they'd win at home, and then you'd be like, ah, oh, maybe they are good, and then they get blown blown out in the playoffs. <laughs> I think it's really. Yeah. I think it's Mac. I think if he starts becoming a quarterback, that wins you games consistently and like is a problem for other teams like they were in a lot of like you know they lost to dallas at the end they lost to the bucks at the end like they did i thought they did compete kind of decently against these teams and the only difference was if, if mac is a guy who's throwing you know for 350 and three touchdowns some games like those, yeah they could be a problem because the defense usually is there no matter who they kind of have for players they usually have like a it's not usually the defense that's costing you, them games. Yeah, even if you go back to, like, the 9 to 11 teams, and I was just watching the uh, man in the arena uh, from the 2011 season. I'm just, like, thinking about I'm, – I'm watching, like, the guys in the background. Like, they're just playing, showing clips of the season, and I'm watching the guys in the defense. I'm like, Jesus, this defense is terrible. I remember them just getting – you would throw for, like, 6,000 yards on them. I, I, I don't remember what it was, but, like, they were – just score. They had a score every single time they had the ball because there was no way the Patriots could stop the pass. They averaged like yeah. high three hundreds in pat and giving up passing. So it was like, if you end up with a defense like that anytime soon, you're in trouble. So you don't oh, have. Tom I, Brady. I mean, I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, that's you know that defense was like the in between part between like the Brewskis, the Vrabels, the McGinnis, the 07 defense that then 08, 09 kind of fell apart. You had to rebuild it, and it really was down from. You know, 09, I think, was a better defense than than maybe we remember it, but still, 09, 10, 11, 12. Then you get Hightower, McCourty, Chandler Jones, yeah. you know, those guys. Inkovic. Um, and, I mean, also in that period, I'll, I'll just mention, too, I mean, I think the critical part was you got Gronk and Edelman in that period, and that's what they didn't get 15, 16, and that's why it kind of ran out of steam in 18, 19, the passing offense, because you just didn't have – you know, the next kind of guys to, you know, fill that void. Had they not gotten Edelman and Gronk, I don't know if Brady would have, you know, gotten those next three. No. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's, it's I don't know. It makes you wonder, too, about what, what would have happened with Malcolm Mitchell. If he, oh, if he had no. stayed healthy, I oh, think he, my gosh. I think right now he's your number one receiver. If he, he might be number one receiver right now with great, one uh, Right after the pandemic started, <laughs> me and, uh, and Perillo, we did a, uh, we did a like a live stream with Malcolm Mitchell watching Super Bowl Fifty One, um, mm. and it was awesome. He got to like he had never watched it before, and so we literally sat there. It was yeah. three hours, way too long. It was pretty tedious, but we basically did like what we're doing right now, but like live streaming the game and watching it together. It was, it was really cool. Awesome guy had like you know a ton of insight. We're just I mean it was three hours of just kind of like. What are you thinking here? You know, like, what, what was it like talking to Brady? You know, just off the cuff questions. It was that's it was my number. Cool. That's my number one question to almost anybody that ever talked to Tom. If if I find out anyone was near Tom Brady, that's the only thing I want to ask is what's he like? Because I uh, I think I might have mentioned it. Yeah, I did. No, I, before the podcast, I didn't bring it on. But like sometimes we, I get lucky to like, I don't know, randomly I'll tailgate with expatriates, and one of them was Logan Mankins. Um, oh yeah, and I was like, dude, this guy—he just parked next to me in his gigantic, 
farmer truck. It was like it's like an F seven fifty. I mean, the thing was the size of a house, and I was like, "That's Logan Mankins driving a car." And he comes over and d- didn't have any alcohol, so he's like, "Can I have some beer?" I was like, "I guess." I mean, you're gonna the first thing you're gonna you're do Logan is just gonna start taking my yeah. beers. No, I was messing around. Okay, so he sits down and. Uh, and I was just like, literally the most intimidating guy I've ever seen. He's like 6'5". He's got the, a belt buckle the size of my face. And I'm like, so what's Tom Brady like? Tell me, good or great? <laughs> and he's like, and he, he couldn't give me a less annoyed answer. He's like, ah, he's, the same. He's, a, he's the same as everybody. And I was like, is he really as competitive as they say? Me, be, I'm such a super fan baby. And I was like, and he was like, yeah, everyone's competitive in the NFL. I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> but he seemed to like us because he came back after the game and was drinking again. So. Me and him are crawling in my cave. Yeah, <laughs> you guys, I have a picture with him. He, his hand was the size of my entire torso. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I and then uh, you know people were there was I had it's a bad story, but there was a lot of people that were around me that were pretty drunk and they were asking him questions that like didn't happen. He's like, "What was it like winning the Super Bowl?" He's like, "Ah, I was in between." He got he like got drafted two thousand five and traded the year before two thousand fourteen. He's like preseason. Yeah, like in the preseason of the the year they won the Super Bowl again. So it was all it was not a. Uh, you know, it's just turned into a, a bit of a disaster, but I don't know where I was going with that story. I've got, I've got a question. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, I was lucky. I got, I got my first year in this job. I was Brady's last. So I got like one year kind of be around him, see what it was like. So that I was glad for that. Well, yeah, did you actually like? get to like interview him or anything <laughs> like that? Yeah. What was he like anyway, Mike? <laughs> no, I, I was at that phase. I was, you know, my rookie year, so to speak in the jobs. So I wasn't really asking anybody anything. I was just kind of wide eyed, taking it all in, you know, watching him roll in and roll out, you know, super cool. And I mean, it was weird because, that was the only year I had before freaking COVID. So, you know, we were in the locker room. We did all, you know, now we've been, we've been isolated from them. We haven't really seen them in two years, person to person at all. I would have been working on some type of like a lot, like a long term <laughs> story on Tom Brady. That would have been my first request. I was like, I know I'm new here, but I know I got this down. It's a long story on Tom Brady's entire life. I'm going to write his autobiography and I have to be next to him at all times. <laughs> they would shoot, they would happily shoot you down so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'd, have Tony, to, I'd have to come in with an edge. Tony would do something more like put a, like put a leak in his tire and then follow him <laughs> ah, as he left. That is much more like me. <laughs> to help him change his tire on the way home. Start taking little things like oh, Tommy, some of his hair yeah. every day <laughs> Tom, you left some of your hair on the shower drain all right i'm gonna ask a real question now so mike you watch a lot of practice how's how's anferny great old buddy Pretty how getting. is he yeah. yeah 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 um well we saw him for like two practices this summer um oh, last year i mean he's a big he's he's a long dude i mean he's like he's not as thick as hightower but he's Built like that, you know, 6'4", 250 long. I mean, he's the prototypical kind of inside-outside guy. I think as a rookie, he got thrown into the fire because they didn't have yep, anybody, anybody else. He was an edge guy at Alabama. Um, so he did have some, you know, experience kind of a little bit with the Saban of it all. But, I mean, I think they threw him in at, at inside linebacker right away. Didn't really seem to grasp it. I don't know what the injury was. I know, I think he had a death in the family like during camp and then he got hurt. It was like we barely mm-hmm. saw him. So, I mean, I, I call him, he's like part of my, I call him the Deadwood crew. It's like him, Winovich, Uche, Ronnie Perkins. It's like all these Another linebackers one. that they've drafted that haven't done anything yet. And they, they need, they might have to turn it over to some of them at, at this point. And I don't really know what any of them have. So- I'm excited about Per. I think Perkins is. Physically, the guy has to look. I mean, he looks like he he looks the part. We'll give him that. Him and Uche both. Uche has shown that he can play, and then he got hurt. I mean, what he had like four sacks in the first two games, and then they just basically. Like, I know he got hurt, but then they basically just shut him down. I mean, he's another one, just like Harry, where it was like, okay, he's gonna he's the best player in training camp. That every single day. I mean, not just like Patriots fans. It was like reporters, like guys that I trust, like Mike Reese and Jeff Howe, were like, okay, Harry and Uche are taking over these practices. I mean, he looks like a, they look like completely different people. I'm like, all right, I'm all in again. Gotta, and got to tune in. Tune in to Patriots Unfiltered. That's me and my guys, and we're live. We do every practice, I'm telling you. Like, we were reading that, and we're like, why is everyone blowing up Josh Uche right now? Like, he's, he's getting sacks in, like, nobody's – trying to pass, pass protect. He's just running in unabated to the, to the bag and tagging it. And then we would the see tweets and be like, 
what the hell are people talking about? Like going into the season, I mean, we definitely have a little snark, you know, on the show, especially yeah. with with Perillo. But I mean, I, I mean, I don't know about Harry, but I mean, Uche was one where people were blowing him up, and I just, I, I mean, he was a he was a you know a designated pass rusher in college. Didn't really have a position coming in. I don't think they've really found a position for him yet. I mean, I think he's an athletic dude. He's quick. He can stop and start pretty good. Um, but is he ready to hop in and do what they obviously weren't comfortable with anybody other than Collins and Hightower and Van Noy doing, you know, and Bentley <laughs> to some extent. But I think he's more just kind of a traditional middle linebacker thumper. But um, I think all those guys, that's the question you talk about, like what this year, I think those guys, like what's there, like, are these guys going to have to play? Is it time to rip the bandaid off? And we just, we don't have enough resources to like totally restock the defense this year. Like we did on offense last year with, you know, four or five new starters in free agency. Um, I think that's the big question, but you know, I think the point about Mac is great too, though. I mean, if he can make some strides, he gets most of his guys back. They figure out the offensive line with Karras and Brown being, you know, free agents. I don't know. I don't feel great about the long-term tackle depth. I think they need one of those guys. They got to figure out when, what his story is. I don't, you know, I think this might be it for him. But, I mean, I think those are the broad strokes of it, um, you know. But I think the bigger picture of it is just how do you deal with Josh Allen and, you know, have what you've been doing schematically. Is that going to work against Buffalo? Because clearly whatever you've been trying to do, against Buffalo in regular conditions, it's working 0%. I'm hoping that, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a pipe dream and wish scenario that since they were basically running a Patriots style scheme and with a Patriots taught coordinator, now that they're, they, he's gone, I'm kind of hoping they take a little bit of a step back. I mean, I know Josh Allen was learning, but he was not, He's like a superhero now. Like he couldn't be stopped in anything. You anything. Yeah. And to that, me, he's like Joel Embiid. Like he could be the best player in the league if he just decides to be every week. Yeah. He against the Patriots, he was like, it was like he was playing on rookie level. I don't know what he was. I couldn't. He couldn't miss a pass. He could run as fast as the wind, jump over guys, and then throw a bomb seventy yards. Break any tackle. He yeah. was running all. They were running they like. Like single wing offense where they're just pulling the guards and running behind, and he was like, "Yeah, who's gonna bring him down? He's bigger than <laughs> the linebackers." Like yeah. high towers missing tackles doesn't make any sense anymore. And I was like, "I don't know." And then like three years ago, we were like, "Ah, Josh Allen's so bad. I can't believe Buffalo screwed this up again." And then I don't know. He just tur- all of a sudden turned into the best quarterback in the league. Um, <laughs> so I'm kind of hoping they take a majors. step back. Yeah, only against. I mean, he's like, he, didn't he get shut out by the Jaguars nine to nothing or something? And that is right. Yeah, and then he comes up here and just embarrasses the page. He scored like eighty-five straight touchdowns. Can't miss a pass. No, nothing. I mean, that game was over. That we not. The thing about that game is that they would just quit too. That still makes me sick. The uh, yep. the diff, like J.C. Jackson, which is another thing that I'm hesitant to give him money. Like, you know, not that I'm paying him, uh, <laughs> but like um, I'm hesitant to like give. <laughs> Be ecstatic about Belichick giving him a super long deal worth a lot of money is that he was like a non-factor in that game. Didn't want to tackle anymore. He was like, ah, this game's over. Fuck it. I'm not doing it anymore. And then, um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I don't know what free agent is that crucial to them to bring back. I mean, you need players, like you said, Mike, I mean, to put in these spots. You can't just all of a sudden, you know, draft a cornerback in the first round and expect them to compete next year with Stefan Diggs and all the stars that, you know, waddle now. And then the Jets got like three or four guys that are pretty good. Um, I mean, who do you even bring back from this free agent class that is a must keep? I mean, I see literally like maybe, I don't even see, I'm looking at the list right now and Devin McCourty and Matt Slater are pretty much my only two that I care about. I mean, uh, I think before the season, I, I was like, you know, before this, as the season was winding down, I would have said Adrian Phillips, and then they re-signed him. I'm like, yeah. great move. Um, you know, I would, I'd bring back, I mean, it's just the, the low-key guys. I mean, Trent Brown, I'd take him back on a manageable. Seems like you like being there. Ted Karras, take him back. Brandon Bolden, but none of the, you know, high tower, like you said. High I think it's kind of up to, you know, are you gonna, you want to come back? Do you want to, like, we're not gonna. 
yeah. know, that kind of deal. Um, nobody's breaking, out, nobody's breaking back. out the cupcakes for uh, Dante Hightower this year, right? I, I doubt uh, that that's I mean, happening know, anymore. It sucks. It sucks that he's, you know, it's kind of like Brewski, you know, like at least Brewski was like, you know what? I ain't got it anymore. I'm, I'm tapping out now. And you didn't have to like, you know, kind of go through this, like, because yeah. I mean, he was up and down and I mean, certainly Hightower was, you know, physical and, you know, brings an edge to the defense that no one else brings the experience he has. Um, you know, it's just, it's such a difficult situation because you, you love him. But I think in a lot of ways, people are saying that he kind of embodies everything that's wrong with the Patriots defense right now is that, you know, he's big, old and slow, which is again, the same thing they were saying in 08 about the Patriots defense. And, you know, we saw where that was headed. Right. And so that's, I mean, it makes much, I, I, as much as I'd hate to see it, it just makes a lot of sense for him to like go to Tennessee where he's from a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl now. And he can just be like a rotational middle linebacker. But I wouldn't mind him being that for the Patriots if instead of having like a bunch of other old kind of slow linebackers next I, to him. Like if he's the old and slow, you can't have them all be old. No, slow, for the leadership. The one, yeah. I wouldn't mind it. You, bring, you keep Dante as the leadership level and then you bring in these new young bucks, kind of like what Brewski was to Mayo for a year and Mayo and Spikes. That's and, it from earlier. Yeah, Brian Cox in 2001. I mean, he didn't really play even that much, but he was like, you know. The, 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 the spark plug to the to the to the team. Lights somebody up in the first quarter, gets everybody fired up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and Third and shorts, he comes in like bury somebody, gets a penalty. And Hightower can still play the edge decently well. Yeah, and he can blitz up the middle. I mean, he does. He just doesn't have that burst. I mean, you take a year off from professional football, it's not going to be easy to come back and just compete. Yeah. Especially, I mean, and I don't even think he has to ring chase either. You know what I mean? I mean, he's got three Super Bowl rings. No, that's why I think he's probably gonna be like I'm. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, it's not like he doesn't have enough money. Speaking about retirement, well. um, what are your thoughts on the? Uh, I was a little hot last week. I think I ate my words a little bit, but uh, the Tom Brady retirement. Um, obviously, we've all gone through the ups and downs of the of the letter he sent uh, to everybody. But I mean, what, yeah. what did you think about that as a as oh, a diehard God. Patriots fan, but also a in a a. a what do you call it? A, a, I forget. I, mean, I can't even think of anything right now. My brain just completely exploded <laughs> in my head. So no, it was, uh, it was weird. I mean, just, I mean, you know, going back, just like, I mean, got a season with him. Um, he, he announced he was leaving the Patriots. I had to be the one to write the article. Like Tom Brady announces Ugh. he's leaving the Patriots. I had to write that for Patriots.com. I, I mean, I never, you know, when I was Blogging in my, you know, in my back room. I never thought I'd be the one doing that. Um, Breaking the news to then, the world uh, of heartbreak. It was a St. Patrick's Day. I know. I, I, I mean, I found this season, um, the game, a lot really cool. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed that. I, I thought everybody hit the right notes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I love what the fans did where they gave him a big round of applause. And then, like, as he came to the field at the start of the game, they booed him. And it was like, this is awesome. You know, it's like yeah. game on. Like, we love you. But um, so, you know, I think that was cathartic for me. It was tough watching him win a Super Bowl last year. I didn't really care. Like, I, I, I just I couldn't get fired up for the box. I don't know. I mean, I was great. He won one. But it was more about now I know this is going to be hung around my neck as like, <laughs> you know. Well, and, um, yeah, so. He's going to have to wear a stupid creamsicle jacket and go to the Bucks Hall of right. Fame. Like, I got to – I gotta listen to that but, and watch uh, that. Yeah, but uh, but the retirement was clunky. I mean, I don't know. I just, I everyone got so caught up in the thank yous and all that stuff, and I was just like, I got my head was spinning. Um, I personally think I deserve a phone call, but that's <laughs> right. I'm like, why is he thanking me? Like, the guy gave me like 20 of the best years of my life. Like, you do whatever you want, Tom Brady. Like, I'm I'm good. You gave me everything I could ask for and more, whether or not you mentioned the region I live or not, whatever. Um, so you know, but it was clunky. And I mean, I don't know. I always love Tom Brady. I love how how he you know, emerged and what he did and how competitive he was and, and how he was just so lights out at the end of games. I mean, I think that's what just sets him apart as one of the greatest of all time is just when the game was on the line, there was nobody better. Um, but, you know, as he kind of became TB12 toward the end, it was like, all right, the TB12, I could kind of do without all this. And now yeah. it feels like this is the TB12 part of his life. So TB12 brand, I, I, was, I was all in. I was like, all right, I love it. I'm a TB12 guy. I bought the book, haven't opened it, but I have it. And then... Uh, <laughs> Then now, now the Brady brand with the $300 sweatshirts. I'm like, all right, all right, maybe you go ahead and do that. I'm like, I can't afford it. I mean, maybe you can send me one. I mean, I don't know. He won't respond to my Instagrams. But, um, yeah, I don't know if I can deal with the high-end um, high brand of Tom Brady with the, uh, the sweatshirts and stuff. I mean, I'm, it seems like to me that, like, he was almost forced to retire, and he had everything set up, 
and like everyone dropped. He probably announced it the way I'm thinking of it as he announces it in that last man in the arena, and then ESPN obviously saw it, and he was like, and then they just basically announced it for him, and he was pissed off about it. But. No, that whole I was just so clunky. No, we didn't. We haven't yet. Then tomorrow, yo, but we are. And, they, uh, and then you have to go. Everyone has to go to the 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 uh, the bearer of good news, uh, Tom Brady Senior, to get his in, his important <laughs> opinion. Now the rumors <laughs> coming out that it's going to be Jimmy for Tom in a trade. Those are weak this week. Oh, to San Fran. Yeah, because yeah, like the, technically, Tampa Brady said Tampa. never said never. Yeah, never and then he also kind of said it. Yeah, he, he started saying like ah. I couldn't. I mean, I. I understand it only because Arians literally blew the Super Bowl for him this year. He'd be in the Super Bowl right now, 100%. If Arians and, and, and uh, Bowles didn't decide to run a blitz, inexplicably run a blitz on the last play of the game. I mean, the most the insane best receiver in the NFL. Seen. The best receiver in the NFL, they left a safety on him and literally just blew Brady's last, last shot of the Super Bowl. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I would have fired Arians before he left the stadium. That's why I don't. I thought they were going to another one. I thought they were going back. I really did. They should have been. I mean, who was going to beat them? They would have crushed uh, San Francisco, and they would definitely destroy the Bengals. I don't know why you're just such an anti-Bengal. You think Joey B doesn't have it? I'm telling you, Joey B. Big Joey Burrow guy this week. I'm a big Joey Burrow (laughs) guy. I've been I've been big with uh, Joey B since uh, LSU days. I, I I saw his. He looks like Brady to me, except for he's got like he's. Tom Brady never had receivers like this. He's got three number one receivers. Yeah. I mean, Jamar Chase will agree. mess it up. <laughs> it will. I yep. mean, they shouldn't be there, but it's a good story. But, I mean, it's they don't have the defense to, like, really compare them to a 2001 Patriots, but it's probably the last – I mean, who else? Maybe there was a couple six seeds, but they were always very good that made it to the Super Bowl and won. Like, the Ravens did it and the Steelers did it, but they were always, like, right there. Giants. The defense in the Maybe. second half of that Chiefs game. Like, I don't even know half these guys, and they just completely shut Mahomes down. Like, yeah. where did this no. come from? Yeah, I mean, I guess they're. Mahomes. this is probably, like, the real first, last. Yeah, I think, KP, you're probably right. Like, the 2007 Giants. But before Giants. that, it was, like, the 01 Patriots was the last real Cinderella to make it to the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, but this team's loaded with, loaded with talent. <laughs> yeah, but still. My last question goes across the board. You got a last question? This is it for me. You have one food that you can eat, <laughs> and this, this is only one food for six months. You can only choose one thing. What do you got? What, what is this question? This goes for everyone. One food forever? For six months, you, have to, you can only eat one thing. You're stuck. Mm. You gain weight? Or do you... doesn't matter. You do gain weight? Who cares? It is what Tyler said. It is what it is. Yeah. Breakfast yeah, you just shut You really you shut that. You, you brought this thing to a screeching halt. Um, no, I've got, I've got one too. Let me go off the wall here. You go. You, you anti-vaxxer. You anti-vax. You anti-vaxxer. <laughs> what is the? What's the best time zone to watch an NFL game? Oh. Christ, what is going You're on at the end of my podcast? I've lost control, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that question because I lived in California, man. I love it. Ten a.m. kickoffs. Oh. I was about to ask what that was like. I remember Tony. You remember we were in Hawaii. We were watching the uh, Pats at eight a.m. It was 8 7 a.m. It was 7 a.m. We watched the it Patriots win in, the division yeah. against Buffalo. And uh, yep, I, I think it was the 2011 <clears throat> season. Yeah, the one that went to the Super Bowl. It was. Oh, I Morris, loved it. In- I mean, when I was like prime of my 20s, Patriots were awesome. I'd go to Santa Monica, Sonny McLean's this Boston bar. People would be lining up, reserve seats. You know, they'd have a halftime giveaway. You know, it's like 10 a.m. You're like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm ready to start drinking at like 10.05. You're like, I, I just, I'll have a, yeah. <laughs> I can't do that because I'm a very poor, uh, I'm a very poor uh, loser. And uh, especially if I'm in a, vis- I can't be in a visiting stadium. Not- I'm a very, I'm very, I'm risky. Someone's going to catch these hands. Trust me. But the me. West Coast, they have like, you're around only other Patriots fans. It's all Boston. Yeah, they have like designated bars. Yeah. The occasional, like, there were, I remember one game that was a Dolphins fan. At like, the beginning of the game, he would be like, you know, the only person clapping. Like, the whole bar would go quiet, like Miami first down, and you just hear this one guy clapping. And, you know, it was hilarious, though. As the game started to turn, I, like, he finally got like booed out of, the, out of Sonny McClain. <laughs> uh, one year I went to London. Uh, and this is going to lead me to my next question. Actually, I went I went to London, and I was just there with my wife, and uh, I had obviously I have to see the Patriots game, so I researched ahead of time like sports bars for um, in London to watch NFL. I found one. It was like a forty five minute train ride, 
and uh, definitely wasn't the close. It was a terrible Google job by me. And I sit down, and there was this this uh, it was NFL. It was an NFL bar, and they tried to have American buffalo wings and shit like that. And it was the poorest attempt at buffalo wings you've ever seen. And um, I swear to God, they had every game on, but each one was on a, a TV that was like a twelve by twelve. And the Patriots was you know it was the size of a, a postage stamp. And uh, some guy was a soccer hooligan. I walk in, and he just starts. He's, he's just, I'm wearing my Tom Brady jersey, as one would, and this guy's just harassing me, saying the worst things he could think of about Tom Brady. I'm like, I'm, gonna, I'm with my wife, eating terrible buffalo wings. I'm like, I'm going to get arrested in London because I have to fight him. He's disparaging Tom Brady in, in this London bar. There was literally like, I'm not even joking, like six people there, and I was like, I got to fight this guy. I just, let's do it. He, he calmed down. He apologized, but it was, it was nuts. But um, actually, they uh, just leads me to my next thought is they announced today – actually, a two-part question, but the – and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. But they announced today that they have um, – they're going to start playing games in Munich this year. And I know the Patriots have um, – you know, like they have the advertising rights for that. Um, what are your hopes? I'm hoping that they get to go and play in Munich like ASAP. Yeah, they they will. I mean, I, they'll they'll play in the next two years. I don't know if it'll be this year, just because you know how this year we got the home seventeenth game with Dallas. Mm-hmm. So next year, twenty twenty two, our our seventeenth game will technically be an away game yeah. against the NFC. So I think those are usually the games they're going to use. So um, it is a home market for the Patriots now. Like you know, they divided up kind of all these different countries, which is yeah. cool. So um, I don't know if it will be this year. It still could be. Um, but I think if if it's probably going to be one of the two years, I think it's going to be next year, um, which I believe is in Frankfurt. So Munich this year, Frankfurt next year. Oh, so yeah. it's it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, we do we do the radio show, um, you know, Patriots Unfiltered. We get calls from all over the world. I mean, it's kind of you know, Patriots.com. It's kind of a touchstone for international fans. We have a lot of international fans, and that's a way you know they don't know really what ESPN Boston or Boston Globe is. So mm-hmm. for a lot of fans, it's been a way into the team. So. Um, we've been doing stuff with Germany and, you know, for years. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm super psyched. I'm, I'm hopeful that, that yeah. I'll get to go. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm going to be the Oktoberfest kid if I'm over there. I don't even care oh. if it's October. <laughs> they had that game in December. Yeah. I'm going to be having steins on steins, but I, I already, I'm already locked in for the Vegas game next year. So I don't know if I can do two away games. They better uh, wait yeah. a year. I don't know how far. Look me out. If you're if we're all over there, look me up. I'll be, I'll be hopefully there. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there. I'll, I'll be in full on later hosing. Uh, we'll, we'll be in, we'll be in Vegas. Vegas is a lock. That's a definite lock. So the um, last thing I want to do before we let you go, and thank you so much for being here. By the way, um, yeah, I appreciate it. It's awesome. great. Yeah, and um, so the the new Mike Florio book that came out this this week or it's coming out. He mentioned mm-hmm. that the PSI, you know what how it all went down. The PSI numbers were basically just destroyed and basically proved the Patriots' innocence. And uh, today. Yeah, Goodell. Yeah, hmm. Goodell gets up and does his pre-Super Bowl thing where he announces the Munich thing, and then today he says somebody asked him what happened to the PSI numbers, and he's like, "I honestly have no idea." I mean, first of all, I'm annoyed. I want my literally they should get their picks back. I mean, a number one draft pick, a first round, pick. and a fourth. Like, yep. What are we talking? About? Tarnishing the greatest player of all time as a cheater, suspending him four games. I mean, I don't know how the league can take itself seriously and literally prove themselves wrong only to stand by their result. And it's Troy Vincent of all people. I don't know. I don't know how they go about that. They're never going to admit it, but like it's a, it's they're a sitting on the golden goose. They got the print their NFL. They're just printing money. I mean, they, they, the, the results of the games last week, it's all that matters. And like, you know, I mean, I'm totally with you guys and it's, I'm ap- I've been apoplectic since it happened in 2015. Um, I, 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 at one point was thinking about writing deflate gate, the musical. I was so fired up about it. Um, <laughs> That that didn't make it very far, but um, but I mean that's I, I was we were talking about on the radio actually just uh, just yesterday. It's crazy how the NFL they can be so poorly run, so I mean just like corrupt, and it it doesn't matter because it's just the owners are running the show. So- and they've got a great product, and everybody loves it. So that's all that matters, and it's it sucks what they did. Uh, I mean, but hey, the Patriots won that Super Bowl, so yes, hopefully, it did, it did. I mean, it did. <laughs> but if they get a first up... round pick back, man, I would be pumped. Now, can you imagine yeah, they got? Then that'll never happen. But they just gave them their first round pick. They'd be like, all right, you can have right. pick number thirty three, which so is overall. technically a first round pick. Yeah, first <laughs> overall, you get whoever you want. We fucked up. Uh, I love that idea. So anyway, Mike Dussault from Patriots.com, the content creator. 
Um, thank you so much for being here. Couldn't, Appreciate it, Mike. Yeah, couldn't Thanks, Mike. Uh, it was a blast. had a better time. Yeah, and I hope that you know, hope right. to have you around more. I mean, we do sure. this and hey. literally just vomit into microphones. So, um, <laughs> this is literally what I do almost every day. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. I'm going to shut down this thing right now. Um, do you want to promote anything while you're on? Or No, hey, offseason. Let, let's go. I don't know. Patriots draft. Let's find some good players and find win do some more something. games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As always with us, join the Patreon. The Patreon is getting, uh, getting up there in fans. Patreon.com slash Malcolm Go Podcast. The Discord server, Malcolm Go Podcast. And, um, you know, as always, you can find us on Twitter, Brady Disciple, Malcolm Go Pod. Maybe it's Tyler, and I don't even know what KP's is. Doesn't matter. He's just he's in there talking yeah. about guns and ducks and dogs. So, until uh, next week, go Pats. Do your job. All right, don't try to make too much out of it. Just do your job. Seven, eight months ago, right? All for this moment. It's about order. It's about respect. Stack receivers two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Uh-huh. Wilson, quick throw. And it's good. Intercepted. Intercepted to Malcolm Butler. Butler has it at the one. Malcolm Butler. And Warner goes back to throw. And here's the blitz by Mike Brady. The back. You're the greatest quarterback in the world, man. Hey, I love you, man.